Hey, this is Brian Bogert, and if you really want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson, and we got my boy, Brian Bogert, who's all about embracing the pain to avoid the suffering. And I'll tell you what, the first five minutes of this interview just had me rocked of what happened to him when he was seven years old. So I'm not going to share anything else. Something tragic happened, he blasted through it, he leveled up, and now he helps others level up. So, like myself, break out your notebooks, because I had two pages full, chock full of notes. So, sit back, relax, because here comes my really good friend, Brian Bogert. Let's level up. Time to shine today, podcast varsity squad, this is Scott Ferguson, and I got my friend, who will help you generate growth by making your best even better. A boy, Brian Bogert here has a hell of a story. I don't know it, really. I mean, I know it, but I don't know it because I'm privileged enough to hear it firsthand here in just a second. But Brian's a human behavior and performance coach, speaker, business strategist, and philanthropic leader who helps people make their best even better. His revolutionary strategy, Embrace Pain to Avoid Suffering, has helped individuals and companies break beyond their normal to achieve the success in life and business that they've always wanted. And Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Please introduce yourself to Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. But first, what's your favorite color and why? Oh, man, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's got to be, it's a tie between blue and orange. It's blue the brand orange? colors because I just love them. They, there's something about the, the calmness of blue and the bright vigor of, of orange that just complement each other. I mean, man, I'm rocking it. Do your rock it it's behind it's, it's you. Gotta be that, right? Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. So welcome, man. It's it, it's been a it, it's it's a pleasure to have you on, and I really want to get to your story, brother. And if you want to pull up your left sleeve when you get into it, go right ahead, man. Because oh, I will. We'll be on you YouTube and everything. Man. So <laughs> let's rock. Let's hear this. Cool. So I'm gonna ask you and everybody who's listening, unless they're driving, of course, to just close your eyes for one second. Okay. I want you to imagine going to a store having a successful shopping trip, breezing through the checkout line, walking out the doors, looking up into the sky, feeling the sun hit your skin, the wind blow through your hair, walking on, you just know you're gonna have a great day. You get to your car, you fumble for your keys, you go to unlock the doors, you turn your head and you see a truck barreling 40 miles an hour right at you with no time to react. Go ahead and open your eyes. That's where this portion of my story begins. Wow. My mom, my brother and I went to our local Walmart to get a one inch paintbrush. As we were headed to the car, anybody who's known me for more than two minutes knows I've been full of vigor, excitement for life my whole, my whole life. So it wasn't a surprise I was the first one to the car because I wanted to get home and put that paintbrush to use. Right. Mom and brother, three, four feet behind, had to wait for them to catch up and unlock the doors because this was back in the days before there was key fobs. So I had to wait for her to put the physical key in. Wow. And as we were standing there, there was a truck that pulls up in front of the store. Driver and middle passenger get out and the passenger all the way to the right feels the truck moving backwards. So he did what any one of us would do, Scott. He scooted over to put his foot on the brake. Right. And he said, hit the gas. Oh, Combination man. of shock and force threw him up onto the steering wheel, up onto the dashboard. And before you know it, he's catapulting across the parking lot 40 miles an hour right at us with no time to react. Wow. Now we were parked in an end spot. So he hits, he goes up and over the median, up and over the tree in the median, hits our car, knocks me over, runs over me diagonally, tears my spleen, leaves a tire track scar on my stomach, and continues on to completely sever my left arm from my body. Wow. So there I am laying on the parking lot on a 115 degree day in Phoenix, Arizona. My mom and brother just watched the whole thing happen. They look up and they see my arm laying 10 feet away in the parking lot. Jeez. Fortunately for me, my guardian angel also saw the whole thing happen. 
There was a nurse that walked out of the store right when this took place. And she saw the literal life and limb scenario in front of her. And I'm forever indebted to this woman for choosing to go into action versus choosing to turn her head and go the other way. She came over and stopped the bleeding on the main wound and saved my life. And she instructed some innocent bystanders to run inside, grab a cooler, fill it with ice and get my detached arm on ice within minutes to give it a fighting chance of being reattached. If it wasn't for this woman, I either wouldn't be here with you today or I'd be here with you today with a cleaned up stump. That's just the reality. Sure. So I know that our listeners weren't expecting to go here today. I know I've got a really unique story. Yeah. I'm looking forward to unpacking the rest of this with you wherever we go. But I will tell you what I've realized in all of our time of doing this is that we all have unique stories. What's important is that we pause and become aware of the lessons we can extract from those stories and then become intentional with how do we apply them in our lives. And we all have the ability to do that. And we all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories. Yes. Yes. And that's what we kind of talk about here at Time to Shine today, Brian, is actually with the stories is pause, like you just said, and, and you said kind of give intention to the story or what, let's go back to what you just said there. Yeah. Become aware of the lessons you can extract from your stories and then become intentional with how do you apply them in your lives. Wow. One of my core lessons, and it, it wraps this concept together. One of my core lessons is I learned not to get stuck by what has happened to me, but instead get moved by what I can do with it. Yes. The only absolutely. way you can do that is if you become aware of the lessons you can extract and become intentional with how do you apply them on a go forward basis. How old were you, Brian, when this happened, brother? I was seven. You're seven years old. Okay. So when you went through school afterwards, was there any trauma, PTSD that you had to really work through? And did you have a support group of that? Or were people really already supportive and you looked at it like, hey, man, I got this going on and I'm just going to level up from it? Yeah. So truthfully, I did not have any trauma or support groups. And in fact, I never even went to therapy, which mm. is kind of an interesting thing. I've, I've had some conversations about that now. But part of the reason is, is because when it happened, Scott, uh, when I shut off physical pain, because it was well beyond my capacity to cope, I also shut off emotional pain. Wow. I didn't realize that until my 30s. And I also was in a position where I didn't want to be the center of attention. I didn't want to be the victim. And so I created an intellectual narrative right out of the gate because I didn't want to be defined or put into boxes or viewed through what I was capable of based on somebody else's lens on what they'd be capable of in my scenario. Sure. So I created this narrative, right, which is I'm tough, I'm good, I'm strong, I can do anything by myself. And that served me really well for a long time until it didn't. Right. But for that entire period of recovery during all my surgeries, during a lot of the initial years afterwards, it was kind of like, just suck it up, go on with it and, and deal with what's, what's in front of me. And so it wasn't a great support. I did spend a year out of school. I had a homeschool sure. teacher who came in. So transitioning back into school was definitely an adjustment. Um, right. But man, it was, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of showed up and did what I needed to do. Brian, if you don't mind, how old are you, brother? I'm 35. 35. Okay. So that this happened, what, in the 90s? 92. Yeah. So it still wasn't to that, like you said, there was really no cell phones. There was no, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you didn't have access to any of the support. You're just kind of locked. It's crazy how we all survived. I'm, I'm 50 or I'm 49. I'll be 50. So it's crazy when you kind of look back at that. It's funny if it happened, not funny, but if it would happen now, I just feel that, you know, there would be a lot more people coming to the support just because stuff would be on social. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you had to go through that dark moment. What was, who's the person Well, you had your guardian angel on the spot there, but who was the person that really made you kind of reflect it and, and, you know, maybe respond in a leveling up kind of way. So I would, I'd have to say it's people. It's my mom and my dad. Okay. Um, gotcha. You know, I would, I would tell you that, 
you know, when I'm, when I was laying there, even at seven, I remember feeling like a victim. I remember feeling sorry for myself. I remember, you know, being like, why me? And then we've got families in the ICU coming up to us saying, we're so sorry for what happened to you. We're so sorry for what happened to you. What can we do to help? And then come to find out their kids laying in the hospital bed next to me in the ICU with a terminal illness. Doesn't know if they're going to live another 30 days. Wow. Right. Other than the initial threat to my life, like I knew I was going to be there. Right. And, you know, my parents were the ones that really pushed that. That's where this other philosophy that you talked about came from, because at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, I was really, although I was the one having the surgeries done to me, although I was the one doing, doing the therapy, I was mm. also in a fog because I was being guided through the process. Sure. Whereas my parents were not right. They were intimately aware of the unceasing medical treatments, years of physical therapy. And they saw the idea of their son growing up without the use of his left arm as a source of great potential suffering. Right. So they willed themselves day in and day out to do what was necessary, what was tough right. to embrace the pains required to ultimately strengthen and heal me. And so that was one of the gifts they gave me, because whether intentional or not, what they did was they ingrained in me a philosophy and a way of living, which was to embrace pain, to avoid suffering. And I believe wow. that when we do this appropriate in our life, that's also where we gain freedom. Let's go deeper with that, man. Embrace pain to avoid suffering, because I know it's kind of a, a credo of your business. So can we go deeper on that, brother? Yeah. So first, I think we need to understand, right, the world tells us to reduce, eliminate, or avoid pain, right? right? That's literally the narrative of the world. And I'm telling you, the world is wrong. We need to learn to embrace pain as a critical path to our success. We need to understand the difference between pain and suffering to start with, right? So pain is defined as short-term, intermittent, a direct cause from something, and then alleviated once that direct cause is removed. Sure. And, and suffering is something that we adapt to slowly over time. Pain, what we also do is we put adjectives in front of it and we overly define it by saying acute or chronic, which changes the definition. Acute doesn't, but chronic does because it implies that it's no longer short-term and it persists after that direct cause is removed. Let's stop calling that chronic pain. Let's call that suffering. Let's call it what it is. Sure. We don't want to admit that suffering exists, particularly when it's a direct result of our choices, whereas pain gets lots and lots of attention. So we want to avoid it and it's a natural evolutionary response to do so. But let's understand this concept. We can embrace the pain of hitting the gym for 30 minutes a day to avoid the suffering of aches and pains from sedentary lifestyle. Absolutely. We can embrace the pain of a difficult conversation with a loved one or spouse to avoid the suffering of being stuck in a loveless marriage that's going to end in divorce or being stuck in a marriage when you really want divorce. We can embrace the pain of the fit our kids are sure to throw by having them put down their mobile devices at the dinner table (laughs) to avoid the suffering of years of lost meaningful connection and conversation we'll never get back. As business owners, we can embrace the pain of firing our top salesperson who's contributing the most to top line growth to avoid the suffering of stagnant growth and losing all our other top talent because they were the greatest cancer in our culture. Right. See, the Morale, list goes yeah. on. Sure. The list goes on, and this can apply to everything in our life. Sure. Okay, so then when you leveled up and moved into the Brian Boker companies, is what was that moment that made you say, boom, you know, that's what you were going to do, brother? Yeah, so it started with when we first had kids, Six months went by, went by and I was not the husband, man, father that I thought I was always going to be, that I said I was always going to be. And I hired my first coach. A month into working with him, he said, Bogart, you got to be doing this. And I said, yeah, yeah, whatever, buddy. I'm paying you a lot of money not to tell me how great I am, but tell me, figure out these other things. And he's like, no, dude, like you build people, you build businesses. Like this is what you do. Mm. So he trickled it and I jumped in and I, I started this other business alongside, you know, a $15 million risk management employee benefit consulting business that myself, my partners and I built over the last 10 years. And I ran it side by side until summer of 2019 when my wife and I had a beautiful weekend. And as we we're headed to pick up back up our kids, she said, how would you feel if you didn't have to go to the office on Monday morning? I looked over and I was like, whoa, it's <laughs> a pretty loaded question, dear. Why don't you tell sure. me more? And she right. said, well, I think you allowed fear to enter into your world with some other health stuff I had going on a few years back in a way I've never seen you operate. You've convinced yourself you need the money, the status, the prestige, the security of this larger entity. She said, I don't care if we live in a cardboard box in the quarter and what we need is hundred percent of you. 
She said, I also know that the more time you spend in coaching and speaking, the more I know that's where you're meant to be. Sure. And she said, I, I don't think you're even scratching the surface of your potential, nor do I think you're having the impact on the world that you want. And oh, she yeah. essentially said, there's nobody on this planet she'd rather take a bet on than me. We'd already taken a big bet. It, we, it paid off. And she said, why don't we double down on the Brian Bogert stock and go see what we can do? And so that's what kind of started to unpack it. And that's when I made the decision that, you know, we were going to start committing the rest of our energy, resources, and time towards impacting a billion lives by 2045. So what makes a great coach? I think a great coach is somebody who has relevance and credibility. I think a great coach is somebody who can resonate and connect and build trust. And I think a great coach is somebody who understands um, the right perspective, the right words, and can extract the best out of people. I don't think it's about me prescribing a path. I think it's about taking people on an intrinsic journey to define their own. That's the work many people haven't done. Sure. I think a good coach can keep you accountable. I think a good coach can kick you in the ass. And I think a good coach can pick you up and give you a hug when you need it. How do they do that? Knows when you need which one, right? Sure. Um, and so it takes a level of emotional intelligence. And when I say relevance and credibility, coaches are in multiple different categories. So sure. relevance and credibility towards what the person needs coaching in. I'm not going to go coach on health coaching, right? Like right. I'm not going to go train somebody in a gym. I'm not going to coach somebody on nutrition. I'm that's not my realm of expertise. Right. 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 But I, I do have a realm of expertise, which is helping people discover who they are. Love it. But it's about finding the right coach. And you could have 10 coaches that are in the same space and only one has the relevance and credibility that connects to you, Absolutely. your story and what you need. Love and it. so I know for a fact I'm not the right coach for anybody, even though I'm a great coach. Right. So okay. great question. So you're in your discovery period with somebody as you bring them in on a one-on-one, -on -one. what yeah. is your secret sauce over there at, at Boger Companies, if you don't mind sharing, to maybe help them identify their blind spot? Yeah, so I think most people think they're stuck uh, because of the wrong strategy or tactics in their life. Mm -hmm. And although we work with strategy and tactics through our process, what we know is that strategy and tactics will only get you so far, right? Yes. right. And, and that's not typically what keeps you stuck. What we know is that what keeps most people stuck in operating from their best level of performance is a combination of emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environmental conditioning. What we do a really good job of is helping unpack what has shaped people to today, bring it to a place of conscious awareness so that they can be intentional about it moving forward. Okay. So that they can escape things like shame, fear, guilt, anxiety, right? Scarcity, worth. There's things that literally keep people stuck and in that self-defeating path. And it's usually emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environmental conditioning. So Got until it. we can yeah. bring those into a place where we can do something about them, we're going to constantly repeat the patterns in our life. That's, that, that's fantastic. You didn't go cookie cutter on that. And I appreciate that. So if you're bringing that somebody, we'll stay in the discovery period with them. You're bringing somebody in. Is there any good question that you wish they would ask you, but never do? Before they hire us or after? Before. That is a really good question. For time to shine, I, baby. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. No, I've never been asked that question. I think that what I wish people would ask is to really understand what they can expect from the process. <laughs> Motherfucker. That's exactly what I say. Be like, dude, what do you expect from me? That's what I yeah. would want the, the yeah. like my clients I coach. I want yeah. them to be on board with it. Cause you and I know that coaching isn't consulting, you know, we're not telling them what to do. We're asking them direct, powerful questions for them to figure it out on their own. So they've yep. got to be interactive. They got to do that. Thank you for saying that, dude. You're one of my best friends right now, dude. I appreciate oh, dude. that. Well, I mean, that's, it's the truth. I, here's the thing though. I have limited time. 
Sure. I have me limited too, resources. Man. Yeah. And I don't want to coach people that aren't hundred percent engaged. And so right. and I also want to make sure that if there's a misalignment with yes. expectations, what we can deliver, right. right. I want to tell them right up front, like I'm not the coach for you. In fact, right. most people that I interview, I start with, I'm likely not the coach. For yeah. you. That's not a yeah. sales technique. That's just yeah. trying to be honest. It's and let true, them know. Man. I don't have any expectations right. other than if and how I can help. And that's what we're going right. to discover in this process. I love Very that. I love that. that though, and so I have to drive them there versus respond to a question. Yeah. yeah. And I love the transparency with that because that's why I started this podcast because I'm not the right horse for every course, but I have interviewed 200 plus coaches that might be. And that's where I like to give, give, give until it hurts so good and bring you into the stable as well. I love it. I love it. I love it. You so, just said something so powerful. I've never heard anybody else say it. What's that? My wife and I've said for years that we give until it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. We so give good, until though. we feel it. Yeah. And I mean that with time, energy, resources, money, relationships. Sure. Like that yeah. to me is where it becomes meaningful. Right. I've never heard anybody else say give until it hurts. I think that's powerful. The sure. thing I learned as well, because it bit me for a while, yeah. uh -huh. I hadn't learned how to receive to be able to give at the level that I want. I, dude, I get that a lot, even with myself. Um, but you know what? Bob Berg, you wrote The Go-Giver. And yeah. uh, he's my neighbor here. And he's like, dude, and we were at lunch. And he's like, you see that plant over there? He's like, you know what? We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out what? Carbon dioxide, right? That plant breathes in what? Carbon dioxide breathes out oxygen. He's like, dude, there's give and take everywhere. You got to be open to receiving. So I really appreciate you saying that. So Brian, I'm out at a networking event here in South Florida, which we're allowed to uh, because we're and coming up on like 10,000 days in COVID quarantine and stuff. But I'm pressing flash, meeting people, and I'm listening. I'm two ears, one mouth for a reason God gave me. They're talking to me. I'm in a one-on-one -on -one situation. What are they saying that would make them a good prospect contact or connection for you? Yeah, I would say that I often work with business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives who don't know who they are. One of the things I say as well in my one-to-one -one work, and I'm going to differentiate this slightly because what we do really well is helping people discover who they are. But in my one-to-one -one work, I often say that I take giants and turn them into legends by helping them grab what they think is just out of their grasp. So often we think that what we want is unattainable, impossible, and we feel stuck or stymied on our efforts to get it. And so often it's right in front of us. Wow. And so I think that there's individuals who feel stuck, stymied in their efforts to fill their potential, and they don't know where to go. And they don't need another seven-step system to show them the way to create money and success, right? They're really looking to bring joy, freedom, and fulfillment back into their lives so everything can rise. Yeah. Because when we're aligned with who we are, the what's in our life become a manifestation of the who. Yeah. And it also means that yeah. we get to move faster with less effort. Yeah. And so those are the types of people I work with are the ones that are ready to go to that next level. And I love it. And it's like, there a lot of them are ready to give up. You know, yeah, they're like right. right there. Like you just said, the, the, the they're, they, they just need to, you, you get that blind spot out of the way so they can grab us just out of that grass. That, that's awesome, man. So have you saw Back to the Future? Oh yeah. Okay. Let's get in that DeLorean with Marty McFly. Let's go back to the 21 year old Brian Bogert. You already went through some trauma. It's maybe halfway between, between your trauma and where you're at right now. What kind of knowledge nuggets, what we call them here at Time to Shine today, what kind of knowledge nuggets would you be dropping on the 21, 22-year-old Brian to maybe help him level up, blast through, maybe shorten a little bit of a learning curve? Yeah, so I think because when I shut off emotions, when I shut off physical pain, right, when I shut off emotional pain, I was, I was blind to how important emotions are as it relates to human connection, right? I had this period of time where I told you I created this intellectual narrative. And when I told you it bit me, it bit me when I went snowboarding and rebroke my left arm and had it hanging by my side for 10 months when I was 20. 
really. I'm not well, laughing. I realized you, when that, and I almost like, lost it again. Yeah, I went through 10 surge or seven surgeons who were all afraid to touch me. Finally got it repaired after 10 months. But during that period of time, I realized the power of our intellectual narratives because I had a lot of people in my life who loved me, who were there for me, but nobody showed up. It, and it's not because it's not because they didn't love me or care for me. It's because they bought into my narrative. And it's because I didn't have the courage in one of my most vulnerable periods of my life to actually ask for help. Wow. So I shifted that whole next period of my life towards human connection. And I focused on authenticity and vulnerability. Uh, uh, yeah, vulnerability and authenticity, which I think are the glue that binds human connection. And I mastered that. I really right. did. I opened it up. I built this human connection. But it was another 13 years after that, wow. that emotions started to come into my life in a way that it never had. And I realized that human connection without emotion isn't really human connection. Right. The only thing worth studying on this planet, as far as I'm concerned, not the only, there's a whole lot, but if there's one thing that somebody really were to study, it's people. Sure. That's what I'm an expert in. Human behavior, human performance, and the way people operate. I would I have doubled it. down on that at 21 had I known that, and I would have doubled down on my exploration around understanding emotion way back when. All right. So you're, such, you're a young dude still, 35. How do you want your dash remembered? That little line in between your incarnation date and your expiration date then? How do you want Brian's dash remembered? I want to be remembered as a husband, as a father who loved deeply, who allowed and supported my family first to be authentic to who they are and use that platform to be able to inspire, elevate, and empower people across the planet to bring joy, freedom, and fulfillment into their lives. I want to reduce the level of suffering on our planet. When we talk about impacting a billion lives, that's how that starts to take place. So that exactly. people can stand on their own two feet, not only confident, but convicted in who they are and know that the world will not only accept them, but embrace them for who they are. I, I can be remembered that. for moving yeah. that needle at all, brother. Yeah. That will be a life well-lived. Yeah, man. You're doing it step-by-step. Step. I mean, we say inch by inch, it's a cinch, you know, by the yard, it's hard. You're doing that and you're doing it and you're doing it. So Brian, what keeps you up at night? You know, not a whole lot. Um, truthfully, I, I feel like at this point in my life, I've gotten myself very aligned. What keeps me up at night is, um, you know, those those fabricated fears sure. that exist in the future, right? Fear <laughs> is fabricated. And so I try not to live there and I try to just be in the moment. And, I, you know, I've got it tattooed on my arm. I try to trust, surrender and breathe as much as I can. Because when I can put myself in my mind and my body and realize that what we have is right now, I don't, I don't lose a lot of sleep because I can't control the future. All I can control is the now. Got it. Got it. So curious, what, what acronym do you use for fear? I don't use an acronym for fear. What I say <laughs> you know, a lot is of I coaches think, do. I just was, curious. I don't No, I don't. I say that fear is often fabricated, sure. but I do think that fear can also give us feedback if we're listening yeah. and it can hone our focus. Sure. And I also believe that all the greatest things in life are on the other side of fear, fun, freedom, and fulfillment. That's it, and so man. that's what I talk about is I don't use an acronym, but I will use a little alliteration sure. around fear because I think yeah. it's something that we need to start to understand better. It's not about reducing it or eliminating it. It's about understanding it, feeling it, and choosing to do it anyway. Because bravery is not the absence of fear. It's doing it in spite of fear. It's embracing it. Like you're always saying, embrace the suffering, right? Or embrace the pain to, to avoid the suffering. I love that. Right. I love it. I always use face everything and respond. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's what I use, but that's just my jam. But so what do you think people misunderstand about you the most? You know, I think that I live my life pretty authentically. So I wouldn't say that this happens today, but a long time in my life, I was really, really misunderstood. And, and, it, and it was also partially because of what I put off. I right. think I put off this arrogant tone 
for a large period of my life because I have a very strong energy and I was a little guarded. And that armor created a perception of arrogance, which is not something I've ever felt or experienced. Got it. But that was the impression that it gave people. So I think I've turned a lot of people off in the beginning in different periods of my life. Sure. And if they spend more than five minutes with me, they realize that that's not something that is really there. <laughs> right. But if all they're going to give me is the 90 seconds that many people will yeah. make their first impression on, I may not get past that first gate. Right. I think I've found a way to overcome that to some degree, but I also still have a huge energy. And there's a lot of people that don't quite know how to respond or how real or not real I am, which is right. why I try to live as absolutely pure and authentic to who I am and be as vulnerable as I can on every platform possible. Sure. So that what you see is what you get, regardless of where you consume me in person, on video, on from stage, what have you. Yeah, authentic. I love it. I love it. So let's take out our out of out of the equation, your cell phone, your tablet, your laptop, desktop. Let's take out anything electronic. What are three things Brian can't live without? Wow. You are asking great questions. I would I'm say my journal. Today. I would okay. say my journal. Um, which is a, a recent uh, appreciation. Okay. I would say um, my bike, a bike of some sort, mountain mm-hmm. bike or road bike. I need movement and I need something that I can move with energy. Sure. And then, you know, the obvious, I'm going to say this is, this is the truth. It's, I mean, this should have been the first one. I say should not to shame myself, but just it's the truth. Uh, it was the first thought I had is my wife and my kids. Absolutely, man. I always say when they, people usually say it first, right? And I'm like, that's given. I should, I should start saying, leave out the, the family, but no, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. So what is your definition of a life well lived then? Joy, freedom, and fulfillment. Love it, man. That was fast. And joy, freedom. I'm writing that down, man. Fulfillment. Hey, hey, time to shine today. Podcast Varsity Squad, we're back. And I don't know, man, I got pages of notes from my boy here, Brian. And I am just blown away, man. The the guy faced adversity at a young age, but there's a lot of demons that kind of creep in, but he just crushed them. And and he's he's crushing them. He's helping others level up. And we're going to take him through our leveling up lightning round. And Brian, you and I could talk a half hour, hour, hour and a half on each one of these questions i'm going to ask you but you got five seconds with no explanation deal will, deal ding you ready <laughs> all of them can be answered quick brother all right let's level up what's the best leveling up advice brian's ever received know who you are yes share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success daily meditation love it other than your website, which is brianbogert.com, which will be in the show notes. And of course, time to shine today.com, my shameless plug. What website does Brian go to to level up? I'm going to say YouTube. I was going to say YouTube or Google. Dude. That's nice. Say too. Yeah, I was going to say YouTube because it's not a defined, <laughs> it's not like always the same place. But it's, All right. Uh, right. So you see me, you walk around me like, hey, Fergie looks like he's in his doldrums, man. Like, what book are you handing me? I, I didn't even hear the question. Can you say it one more time? I'm sorry. Yeah, you see me walk in. You're like, man, Fergie's his body language. You're a coach. So you read the nonverbal yeah, 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 body yeah. language and everything. He's just not right. What book are you handing me? It's one of two. Either The Obstacle is the Way or Dare to Lead. Yes. Well, all of them. Love them. What's your most commonly used emoji, Brian? <laughs> Probably the thumbs up or the heart. Love it. Chess or checkers? Uh, checkers. Me too. King me, baby. <laughs> Favorite charity and or organization like to give your time or money to? Uh, 
I'm going to say Society of St. Vincent de Paul here in Phoenix, Arizona. Beautiful. Local. Love it. Love it. Last question, and you can elaborate a little bit on this one, but what's the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? The best decade of music? Whew. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say the 70s. 70s? Dude, we can jam. All right. Very cool. Because I actually, I was born in 72, so I heard all of that, like, you know, smelling the funky stuff in the air and stuff like that, yeah. listening to the music. But I kind of like an M and 80s guy. So, but no, I love that. Brian, how can we find you, brother? Yeah. So you already said the website. You can also find me at, at Bogert Brian on any of the social media channels. Um, and again, to impact a billion lives, we know that 99.9999999% will never pay us a dollar. We're very okay with that. So we put a lot of free content out just to help add impact into people's lives. So consume it. And the only thing I ask is if anything re- resonates, share it. Because that's how that's how we're gonna have the ripple effect is through collective impact. Got it. You have any seminars, books, or anything coming out that we can get out? Uh, you know what? I don't have anything right now, short sure. term. We do have a, a whole bunch of products and launches and different things that are coming Beautiful. out. So I'd say just stay tuned on the website and yeah, then we'll man. have some time there. Keep keep us tuned in, man. We got a we got a list of subscribers that wanna definitely gonna be able to use this stuff. And Brian, do me one solid and leave us with one last knowledge nugget we can take with us, internalize and take action on. I think a lot of people right now are waiting for a hero or a savior to come into their lives to fix everything. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but nobody's coming. The only person that can save you, the only person that can be your hero is you. The thing you've got to realize is that if you're listening to this today, you are a survivor because you are still here. You've been knocked on your ass before. You've stood yourself back up. And so instead of looking at yourself and feeling stuck with what's right in front of you, remind yourself of what you've already overcome. Don't look for a hero or a savior. Look for a guide if you don't know how to go there. That's not a plug for coaching. That's just saying find somebody who can help you do it. But you and only you are the only one that can set you free. Love it. And squad, we just got a free masterclass from my good friend here, Brian Boger, who literally was in a life and limb situation action. His first hero that that age was probably the nurse that came out and and took action in that situation, you know, and then he's going to remind us that we all have unique stories. We need to pause, take those lessons, extract the good, and be intentional how you apply those into your life. He wants you to embrace pain to avoid suffering. And remember, that's a critical path to your success. You know, he wants you to understand that anything you want is on the other side of fear. You know, a great coach is going to be have relevance and credibility, and he's going to build trust with the right powerful questions to help you unlock your greatness. You know, if you don't know who you are and you want to get to that next level or let's say you're a giant that wants to become a legend you're really good in your community in your work you want to become a legend let us make a warm introduction to my good friend brian here you know emotions and human connections are intertwined he wants us to remember and if you get stuck like my good friend leah woodford who lives in phoenix which i got to introduce brian to she always told me get your asking gear get out there ask the questions you know, he's going to be remembered as someone that loved deeply, is very authentic to who he is, and he helped others level up. Joy, freedom, and fulfillment is his definition of a life well lived. And lastly, be your own hero. And that's what Brian is held. Brian's a hero to me now. He levels up his health. He levels up his wealth. He's humble, yet he's hungry. He's earned his varsity squad letter here. Thank you so much, Brian, for coming on, dropping some serious knowledge nuggets, and we look forward to collaborating with you in the future, brother. Likewise. Thank you, Scott. You bet, bro. Bye now. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate, real estate excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. 
If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.